0: Welcome to Good Movement Draws Good Movement, the podcast where farmers, ranchers, and rural folks can grow relationally through awareness, understanding, and effective communication. Hey, it's T. I'm your host, and I, along with my guests, will be covering topics related to drawing good movement, things like self and social awareness, brain science, positive psychology, extending grace, and so much more. We'll share tools that can help you understand why you are the way you are, why others are the way they are, and how you can use that to step out of self-told lies with grace and compassion to draw good movement in conversations, relationships, and life in rural America. Let's go draw good movement. If you've been keeping track, you might know that today's episode should be a solo episode. But it's not. No solo show today. The reasons are threefold. First, I woke up this morning and my voice was doing weird things. I'm not sure it can hold up to a full episode. Second, I have some really cool things that I am working on in the background that I want to be released into the world on the next solo episode. And Thirdly, and most importantly, I have been sitting on a really fun episode that I recorded with my mother-in-law when we were home for Thanksgiving. So with that, welcome back to the Good Movement Draws Good Movement podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. My favorite mother-in-law, <laughs> Kathy, is with us today. and She's laughing. but. Kathy, the reason I say my favorite mother-in-law is because she always tells me that I'm her favorite daughter-in-law. True, I'm her only daughter-in-law.
1: But you're still my favorite.
0: And it still makes me feel good every time you say it. (laughs) I thought that it would be fun to have Kathy on because, well, her and I always have great conversations whenever we're together. And also, Kathy spent her professional career, right? Pretty much. Interacting and engaging with people and diffusing conflict, would you say? Mediating. Yeah, mediating a lot. And so I think Kathy has been good at good movement for a long time. So you want to tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Well, originally... I went to school to be a lawyer now that I think about it, but that fizzled out in a hurry because I moved to a farm, (laughs) didn't finish college or law school anyway. But I was raised in Southern California in a very diverse community. And I realized how fortunate I was to be around all these different people and all these different ethnics, lifestyles of a lot of the neighbors were very mixed and we just welcomed all of them. I didn't know any different. And so We just assumed every neighborhood had all these people and all these beliefs, and we were exposed to a lot. Our parents were very open about us participating with even other churches, now that I think about it. We liked going to the Methodist church the best because they always got to make all kinds of craft things. And I liked going to the Baptist church with one of my friends because I was fascinated by the way they baptized people. (laughs) So, it was, yeah, it was kind of interesting. But I ended up getting a job when I was in college working at a a large department store in the credit department. And I started dealing with people who couldn't pay their bills and how to treat them with respect and still get them to pay their bills and accept their responsibilities. And I realized that you can diffuse people by being honest with them, mostly but also understanding and having empathy for what they're going through. And it's like, I totally understand, but we still need to address this. And since then, I worked in the medical field for 23 years and helped a lot of people negotiating and helping them resolve issues that had to do with their insurance companies. And going to bat for patients with insurance companies, which is a real challenge, I took a lot of joy, I got out of out of out of really not, not giving up on certain patients because it's like it was justified, it needed to be taken care of, and it should have been covered by insurance and eventually was. And then I went into staffing. I wanted to get completely out of medicine, and I ended up in staffing and assessing people in their background and trying to find a good job for them and things that would fit. And that was fun because there were a lot of people that came back long, you know, years later and said, I would have never considered taking that job, but you encouraged me to try it. And I didn't realize it had the potential and and I've really enjoyed it. So that's kind of my basic background.
0: Okay, so earlier you and I were having a conversation about how you effectively communicated with all of these people. And I wish we would have been recording then because what you were saying was so good. (laughs) So can you just bring that back and talk to us more about, you know, you say, I just approached everybody with respect, but what does that mean to be respectful of everyone?
1: You know, most people who have issues or are not sure of themselves or not confident enough you have to put that confidence back into them and, and know that they're up to the challenge of taking care of themselves and their, whatever their problem might be. I know that's not exactly what we talked about earlier, but that's kind of what it amounts to. And then what results from that is that they trust me. That The next time I tell them something, they're going to say, well, if she was right that time, she must be right this time, too. And it just kind of falls into place for them. And I know, like I said, I know that wasn't really what we talked about the first time. But it's like really listening to them and understanding them. Yes. I can't be thinking about what I need to do in an hour or where I need to be or I should be sitting doing something else. I have to give my full attention to those people. And sometimes some take more than others. And building rapport is what you're doing by listening. And you said
0: something earlier that you've always been curious and you ask a lot of
1: questions. Yeah. So tell us more about that. I'm trying to think of one of the situations that would would make it a good example. But there are people, we live in a farming community now, and people would say, we've always done it that way, so we always have to do it that way. I think that's a common thing to happen where I'd never experienced that before. I wasn't considered progressive. I don't think my family was progressive, but I questioned everything to understand why. And then they in turn, because I would pick their brains so much, they in turn would start to question why they were doing it. And it helped us both grow because sometimes Their answers were logical. Sometimes they weren't logical to me at all. But they would come back and tell me, you know, you made me look at it a whole different way. And it could have been at church. It could have been at school. It could have been a school activity that I didn't understand something. And I'm not afraid to ask questions. Never. Yes. so you were talking about that, too. You know, it's like, I don't mind making a fool of myself, or if somebody thinks I'm being funny, it's like, there's just a lot of things in the world that I don't know anything about, and I don't pretend to know anything about, where some people, it's like, well, I don't want to rock the boat, or I don't want to act like I don't know what I'm doing. How can you learn if you don't ask questions, and not be embarrassed to ask questions? And I don't care that they, if they chuckle or get a laugh out of it, but it makes them more open to their thoughts and what they're saying. And then they'll turn around. I've seen where they've turned around and started asking other people questions. It's like, well, this is what, you know, I I got to thinking about this and and it it doesn't make sense anymore. Mm -hmm. So
0: it really speaks to asking honest questions. Does two things. It makes you more informed and able to understand whoever you're talking to. And then it also allows them to hear their answer.
1: And if they're really strong in their belief, their answer is going to be re- very positive and they're going to be very convincing to me, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to church and religion. You know, there are th- lots of things I've questioned throughout the years. And 40 years ago, I remember going to country church. We go to a small community church here out in the country. And I, you know, I would ask questions and they go, Well, that's because we've always done it that way. And I go, But, Does that really fit the way it is now? Or even talking about, I remember one time talking to one of the older ladies and I said, how do you know if you are receiving the gift of grace from God? And she goes, well, you just know. And I go, I don't, I must not have it because I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what it, you know, can you explain to me what you think grace is? And we got into some really good discussions about what their feelings were grace and pretty soon everyone in the group was talking about their feelings about grace that you know it's not this it started out by a lady saying well you just know and it's like well then I guess I don't have any but I did you know so I was just gonna ask well what did you find out oh I did I did know you know and it is it's something that's on a personal basis and either receive it and take it for what it is. And sometimes you could call it re-receiving wisdom. And you know, you've you've had enough hard knocks that maybe that's a form of it too. But over time you do you just get smarter. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I think you know, you just get smarter, you have to be open to yeah. that.
1: Yes, you have to be otherwise good. you'll just do it the way you've always done it. Right. And sometimes I feel like I do do it that way. I know I've talked to times where I've talked about how I waited, I worked until I was 70 to retire and how I thought that was a good idea. But then when I stopped and then of course COVID hit and that changed everything and what our plans were and what we'd like to do and maybe travel more. And I got lazy. I just, I've, I've gotten lazy and just retired <laughs> Some days you get up and you just don't want to do anything and and to try to be motivated. And then I decided there are days I'm going to be that way and it's okay and and I just I embrace it. It's like, okay, today's going to be one of those days. Well, I mean, you can say
0: you got lazy or you can say you got more aware that's, of what you
1: need. That's true. That's true. And I enjoy every day. I because of where we live, I you know, I get to go outside and sit on the deck and throw rocks at the birds if I want to. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we we have feed a lot of birds. We have our uh, COVID cats that I never. Everybody always said I never believed you'd ever have a cat on the place, and now we have three cats and and a dog, and it's we look out on a pasture and a lake and. If you listen real well, sometimes you hear the neighbors yelling, but not very often. Okay, but
0: let me stop you about the cats. It's not that we never believed you'd have cats on the place. We just never believed you'd have house, house cats. cats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was another premise when I first moved here, and we were renting a place. The landlord, the only way they would let us rent the place is if we didn't have any animals in the house. At the time, I never had animals at the house. In the house, never had had animals as a kid in the house. And so to me it was odd and then I found out after we got here what well, the the theory was everybody from California has all kinds of animals in the house. And it's like I don't know any of those people you're talking about but okay. But they really calm they're very calming, you know, they really are laid back and sometimes I just need to be laid back or days when I'm not having such a great day they'll just come up like they know you just need some of that warmth from them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm a sucker.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's talk more about the stereotypes because I've heard you talk about it a lot when you first moved here from California. Oh oh gosh. And how you worked through that or how you communicated with other people and I don't want to say gotten their good graces, but
1: helped them... Understand. understand. Yes, understand that there are people from all over the world that you should be willing and to open your arms to and be receptive to. And But it was, it was tough. They, you know, for a long time, I was that girl from California and they couldn't believe that my husband would lower himself. Yeah, to- but let's face it, he's a really big Beach
0: Boys fan.
1: Yes, that's true. California girls. Mm, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't anything that was Planned either, but we've been married over fifty years now, so I guess it sort of works. (laughs) (laughs) But people are very when when you talk about the way they're raised and how how you're raised and how you carry those things into your life, not because that's necessarily what you believe in, but but that was the way you were raised, so you you're just propagating that same attitude, even though you should have your own attitude. I don't have my parents' attitudes. I'd like to think mine are enhanced by being around my parents and a lot of their friends and, and a lot of my friends and my classmates and all that. But I I remember when I left my job in California, they said, we'll give you two weeks. And then they called me in two weeks and they go, how you doing? I go, great. Why? You know, and they go, oh, you haven't come back yet. And then they called me at two months. <laughs> they go, are you ready to come back yet? And it's like, no, not yet. And then at two years, they call me and they go, well, I guess you're going to stay, huh? <laughs> see, yeah, I think so. But they just, they couldn't see because they were stereotyping themselves in California, but I'd never realized that they were. And I, you know, I had the advantage that I did know what it was like to be on a farm because my dad and his family had been raised on a farm and we'd go in the summertime and visit. So it's not like I'd never seen a cow or a chicken or a hog or anything like that. But I think just perseverance and just, you know, even if my feelings were hurt, I just couldn't let it bother me. And maybe I got thick skinned. I don't know. But I just I just shrug them off and I'd be so I found that if you talk to people that don't like you and you always greet them in public, they will respond because they don't want anybody to think that, you know, they're snobby or anything like that. But eventually. You just wear them down and they don't even, (laughs) they don't even know it. (laughs) But for a long time, I was that girl from California. And even when the kids went to school, it was like, oh, your mom's the one that's from California. (laughs) Even though I volunteered for everything, you know, homeroom mother and all those things, bringing snacks and sports booster, music boosters and, and all those things. It was still, oh, you're that girl from California. Pretty soon, I didn't hear that. You're that girl from California. But they would, at, once in a while, they'd ask me, they'd go, well, when you lived in California, did you ever... It's like they'd ask questions because they were curious now. but Well,
0: and that that's kind of cool because then you could give them... I mean, they're willing to learn at that point when they're curious. Right, right. But what I hear you saying about this whole experience is you have to be stubborn and <laughs> sneaky.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I never thought about that before. You're right. Or another way
0: to say that is, like you said, perseverance, be just persistent. And, and- subtle.
1: I'll <laughs> say subtle. That sounds much more refined, doesn't it? <laughs> subtle? <laughs> subtle.
0: Okay. Yeah. I thought you said settle no, for a subtle. No, subtle, like, like sneaky. Yeah. Subtle. Yeah. Exactly. I, I've i mentioned this in previous episode, but I think that we can't really tell people anything unless they're of an open mind and you have to model model behaviors for people in order for them to learn and I think that's what you did. You have to gauge yeah. what they what they can accept at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely.
0: Do you have a favorite like can you think of an interaction either when you moved here from California or when you were working with in the medical field or when you were working in job placement can you think of like a favorite interaction where you entered into it and you were like I don't know how this is going to go, but you worked your Kathy
1: magic and it went great. Oh gosh. There was, the one that stands out the most was there was a gentleman. It was when I worked in a medical office, there was a gentleman that had several kids. I'm I think seven, maybe eight children. And they were financially strapped and they rarely went to the doctor. I mean, I'm sure they had, the kids had to be, you know, kids get everything, but I, he just rarely came. But when they did, they would go to the emergency room and the emergency room would cost you like four times more than going to the clinic. And I had started talking to him about, he says, well, I have a bill there. And I said, yeah. And he's, and it was, I mean, it was not a lot at the time you, we would think of a pittance now, but at the time it was massive for him. It was probably like $800. And this was in the seventies. So it's nothing now, but $800 was a lot for a farmer with eight kids and trying to make a living. And so I said, well, you know, if you just kind of plug away at this, I talked to him several times. I said, would you pay, could you pay like $5 a month? And he goes, well, you're not going to take $5 a month. And I said, you bet I am. I'm going to take $5 a month. And now that we've agreed on that, I want you to call the office and make an appointment if one of the kids is sick and bring them in here because it's costing you more to take them to the hospital, to the emergency room, and the doctor would be happy to see you. And there were people that worked in the office then that said, oh, you know, they're deadbeats. I said, they're not deadbeats. They're just financially strapped. And if they call and they have a sick kid, you make sure you make an appointment or I'm going to know about it. And that man came back, took him. Several years. He pretty soon he was paying $10 a month. Pretty soon he was paying 20 and he paid it off. And he came in and he told me how much more it made him feel better that he had been able to meet his responsibility. And that I was treating him with some compassion and understanding of the situation. And that meant the world to me that that I could do that for him and give him back his self-respect. That I love that story. Yeah, it's giving me goosebumps. <laughs> I,
0: when you're telling me that story, first of all, you were self-aware, you were calm with him. Yes. Then secondly, you were socially aware because you were able to see the situation he was in and understand it. And you extended, like you empathized with him and you gave him a small little thing to do. And look, I mean, it, he paid off his bill you helped him out like this is what i'm talking about when i'm talking about good movement like that's a i love that story and it's a perfect example of what i'm talking about with good movement yes
1: and and every time i listen to one of your podcasts it's like oh my gosh i can relate to that or you know i need to remember to do that or be more aware and and i think it's great i hope it goes a long way and
0: that good movement drew more good movement because he was bringing the kids to the clinic. I'm sure then, you know, he was paying more and, as he could. And I'm sure that he took that, what you did or facilitated that good
1: movement and. And expanded on it somewhere yes, else. Yes. It drew more good movement. Yes, it did. It did for him. I'm going to give you a tough question. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom is a regular guest on the podcast. Yes. And you raised him. I did a good job, didn't I? I think you did a great job. <laughs> Tell us how, I mean, because I've seen just in the time that I've known him, how good movement has evolved in his life. But can you even give us a little more, like,
1: when he was a kid? You know, he he was pretty laid back and I didn't, he's my only son. So I don't know if all boys are that way but I extended respect to him and he's, and I've always, I always have. And it's like, I may not agree with you, but I'm respectful of how you feel, but no, you can't have another candy bar. It could be something really simple or no, you can't do this. But by the same token, I like that as an adult, he's respectful of other people. Now he may say that, oh, you know, I just don't care about other people or I'm, But between that and, and motivation and discussions with you, he understands, he understands it easier, better. I shouldn't say easier, better that the rewards are so much more. If you really put some effort into it, you can't just be who you want to be all the time, but you can also find out that you can be a better you Mm -hmm. by that movement, that good movement. I know sometimes he's like, I just don't care
0: what people think of right. me. And da- like discounts me when I say that he's the very most thoughtful person I know, but he really is. He is.
1: He, is he really much. is. <laughs> he, yes. Like one, one of the things that would never let him do is swear. His dad might swear, but I would never let him. I said, you might swear out in the barns when I can't hear you, but I never want to hear you swear. And he said, why? I said, because someday when you're older, if you make that part of your everyday language and you think that's just normal, you're going to say it sometime and somebody's going to either punch your lights out or fire you because they're not going to put up with that. And I said, that's just totally inappropriate. And nowadays people can't talk without swearing sometimes. And
0: it's like You must be appalled that I'm your daughter-in-law because have you heard my mouth? No, I've never. I I've, must do a really good job. You
1: do. <laughs> well, I remember the first time my grandson said, crap, my daughter called. And said, Do you know what your grandson said? And I said, What? And she said, he said crap. I said, Well, did he use it appropriately? I mean, context is everything. Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, I mean, but serious on a serious note, context does play a huge role. Yes. In our interactions with each other. That's true. (laughs) I mean, we take things out of context all the time. Oh yeah. And then we apply our perception to
1: it and then it is even more you know well and if you don't get to resolve it like one of the things that that and I don't think we've had that problem but the thing you know sometimes I can say I feel like I can say something and it's taken the wrong way and if I don't get to see that person or say I I, you took it the wrong way and if I don't get to see you or be around you or actually see you and visualize how you're responding to me I don't know if you took it the wrong way, which I don't want to ever happen to anybody that I do that with. And if you're not around them that often, you can't resolve that. And I have a sibling that was that way for 20 years. She was, you know, she took, and she wouldn't see this other person. And I've, and when she finally got back together with them, it was just like, they'd never been apart, but she wasted 20 years of her time because she took something wrong and, Mm-hmm. And it was around somebody that we don't get to see very often. So, you know, it's okay to say I screwed up and I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. Or if you think that's what I meant, that's not what was intended or, but you don't always know. And accepting
0: responsibility yes. for it goes a long way. Yeah. Like, yes, that wasn't my intent. Yeah. I'm sorry that I didn't do a better job. Like you take responsibility for what you, yes, that is what I said. Yes. But I didn't mean it that way. And that's how it came out. Yep. And that's exactly how it came out. And moving forward, I will do better. Yes. I think that goes a really long way for people being able to accept responsibility and apologize.
1: And not always being the just not being in the right. Yeah. I'm not always right. Yeah. I always love our conversations. I never know where it's going to go. My head kind of, go. my brain goes in different directions sometimes. I know, but
0: I mean, we've never, I can't think of a time that we've had a bad
1: conversation. I think we stick at it until we have a good one. And then we go, <laughs> I think it's two o'clock in the morning. It's time to go to bed. Oh, uh, we're both. Yeah, we're both kind of stubborn.
0: <laughs> but I mean, we're, we both. I obviously have into the Enneagram and you've gotten into yes, the Enneagram yes. and we're the same type. Yes. So we have a lot of similarities and we think deeply about things and I think I don't think that's the whole reason why our conversations are so good but I think that we are deep thinkers and so we
1: bring that to our conversations and and we feel comfortable talking yeah. about it and it helps it, sometimes for me, particularly, it helps verbalizing mm-hmm. what I've been thinking, and I don't. It doesn't always come out right the first time, and but it, once I say it, it's like, yeah, that's that's what I was trying to get at. That's what I need to understand, or that's what, again, I, that's that good movement. You mm-hmm. know, and I think we're both pretty
0: curious and yes. want to know things, and so that helps guide our conversation somewhere
1: good. And you know, I might be a lot older, but there's still, th- I, I learn from kids. I learn from you guys. I, I don't care what age you are. You don't have to be old to be smart or wise. You know, some, there are a lot of young, wise people out there. And it it just, I love being around that.
0: I wrote this note last weekend when I was at the Enneagram cohort. Suzanne was talking about Awareness
1: mm-hmm.
0: and how and mindfulness. And this is not something that she talked about. It was just a note I wrote about what she was talking about because she said, oftentimes we only see or hear what we're looking or listening for. And I have been struck by this a few times when we're out in the pasture with the kids, but they'll be like, Mom, look, there's a wild onion, or Mom, look, there's a this, or Mom. And it's like, I almost poo poo that because we've got a job to do and i think that is not just our kids but kids in general are so aware and mindful and we kind of dismiss that out of them that yes that's i i need i i want to think more about that but i had jotted that note down and when you're saying like you don't have to be old to be wise i think there is a lot to be learned from yes little kids <laughs> Well, I think it's time for us to go check the rolls. Yes. And we're recording in Kathy's closet because it has the best acoustics.
1: We'll see. We'll <laughs> I'm, f- I'm certain. Or maybe we won't, we, we, this won't even be broadcast, so we, you know, we can just listen to it on our own. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be broadcast because we have great conversation.
0: And I always learn something from our conversation.
1: So... Oh, I do with you too, though. Okay. Well, thank you
0: for being my favorite mother-in-law and coming on my podcast. Even though you thought it would be boring, I am confident that it's not going to be boring. Or it wasn't boring. This conversation for me wasn't boring. So I don't think it might be
1: for everybody else.
0: (laughs) I doubt it. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful for you. If you found value in this episode... I'd love for you to share with others who might also benefit from tuning in. Share by word of mouth, send it in a text, take a screenshot and post it on social media, or share however you prefer. And if you haven't already, hit the follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, draw good movement.